Hi, and welcome to The Strad Podcast. I'm Davina Shum, I'm a cellist, and I'm the online editor at The Strad. My guest today is the remarkable young violinist Coco Tomita. Coco is a former semi-finalist in the BBC Young Musician Competition, which happened in March 2020. You may have a vague recollection of that time. Despite the trying circumstances of the pandemic, Coco has continued her studies at the University for Music Hans Eisler in Berlin, as well as recording her debut album, Origins. How does a young, emerging musician embark on a solo career during these strange and unprecedented times? Coco spoke to me about how she spent her pandemic, the recording process, and her extraordinary opportunity to play and record on a Strad. Lucky Coco. You're hearing it right now in Lily Boulanger's Nocturne. Here's my conversation with Coco. Coco, welcome to the podcast. It's Thank wonderful you. to have you here this morning. Um, and you're joining me from Japan, so good evening to you. <laughs> but a little introduction for people who might not know who you are. You're a violinist. You grew up in the UK and you study in Germany. Yes. Right now, you are in Japan. Very global. I wanted to talk to you about, you know, emerging as an artist during these strange COVID times, because it's such a weird time that we're living in right now. But first of all, you know, you were the BBC Young Musician String Finalist, performing in the semi-final back in March 2020, shortly before the first lockdown. So, you know, tell me, how were you feeling at the time? Did you have any idea of what would hit the world shortly after? Well, I mean, I don't think anyone did, to be honest. So I was just focusing on, you know, school life. And obviously BBC was quite a big commitment. So all my energy was in kind of preparing for that. And yeah, I mean, the lockdown hit right after I came back from Cardiff, a couple of days in school, you know, normal life. And then suddenly the news comes on and it's like, yeah, we're all going home. (laughs) It was strange as well. It was bittersweet because that was my last academic year at the Minion School. Like as, as I knew then, I did eventually stay an extra term at school. But so, yeah, it was kind of, is it a farewell? You know, with my peers and my friends, they all come from like international worldwide friends that I have so it was just strange I was like saying goodbye in case we didn't see each other again in school so yeah I mean it's really strange times but I'm so thankful that I could get the semi-final done you know I mean it was just so close right before the the lockdown hit so yeah so you had the opportunity to still perform live in front of an audience and they delayed the broadcast for a a year I think yeah (laughs) exactly I mean we didn't expect this I'm amazed at the others who did incredibly well in the final it must have been hard for them you know to kind of get back into that feeling because of such a massive gap between the semi-final and finals we speak about the sudden stop it's almost just like a fire wall just comes down and you know the whole world stopped but you know how did you personally feel about you having such momentum, preparing for competitions, preparing for performances, your day-to-day life, and then having to suddenly stop, how did you deal with that? Well, first of all, it was just very unexpected. And also it was something that we were all going through, every single person in the world. That, I mean, was reassuring because I wasn't alone in this. But definitely, I mean, I had to, I think we all had to take it day by day because the future was so uncertain. And 
let alone then, we, we didn't have any idea how long this would go on for. I mean, we're here two years later and we're kind of still in a similar situation. And I think what was really helpful for me was just keeping in touch with my friends. They are truly the people who motivate me every day. Because, you know, all my friends are musicians, so we do similar things. We can relate on so many levels and everyone's kind of going through the same thing of now things are difficult, concerts are less often happening now so I think we keep each other motivated and that was super helpful for me I mean nowadays we can just turn on our phone and give a friend a call face to face you know we can see each other so that was super helpful yeah yeah absolutely it's just fostering that sense of community and as you mentioned before studying at the Menuhin school where you have such an international student body knowing that they're not far away if they're just on on the other end yeah of the phone exactly (laughs) In terms of keeping in shape as a violinist during the lockdown, was that something that you were consciously trying to do, trying to keep in shape practicing? Or did you allow yourself to have a bit of a break and focus on other things as well? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the time we all gained was incredible. We had all the time in the world now to do what we couldn't do. You know, menu in life was amazing, but it was also busy, intense, long days. So for that to kind of stop, it was kind of a shock but also you know if you take a step back it's like oh we can actually do things that we don't have time to do so I started you know working out which is not something I do ever <laughs> so that I started doing and yoga was something I picked up as well and in terms of violin as you say I mean I was always telling my parents and my friends like without the violin and this motivation of, of music and this passion that I have without it I don't know what I would have done to stay sane during lockdown I think it was the one thing that kept me going because violin and, you know, the craft of music, we kind of get at it every day. It's a consistent thing. You know, it's become a habit now. It's something I love doing every day. And if I don't touch the violin for a day, I'm like, I'm like itching, you know, I'm like, oh, I need to, I need to get back at it again. So yeah, in terms of that, it was just like my grounding during lockdown, I think that I had the violin and, you know, my parents are musicians, they're both pianists, so it kind of gave us the time to kind of reconnect and we would play together and things like this so yeah I know what you mean it's having that time to explore music in a in a slightly different way isn't it because yes we have our performances we have our competitions that we prepare for but then it's also exploring the music making that we do for fun you know remember fun yeah the social aspect of it and getting together and just making music for the sake of it like that must have been really lovely for you to do that with your parents right I think it also as a musician kind of made us think a little bit why we do what we do and it's really because of the love of music and now it makes us appreciate more of what we do you know the concerts are not as often anymore so we we take, at least for me, I take each performance I get now with extreme gratitude. And yeah, it's just a lot more meaningful now in a way. Not that it wasn't before, but, you know, there's just a lot that happened in the two years. And I think it's changed our perception a lot. Yeah, absolutely. You've got that extra perception, that, that perspective now. I mean, who knows? Every performance could be your last until, you know, the next variant comes along. It's so true. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You just never know. So it's no surprise that you're embarking on your career during quite strange times, as we've spoken about. Off the back of being the string finalist with BBC Young Musician, you got a recording deal with Orchid Classics, and you recently recorded your new album, Origins, which features in the Strad March issue. 
tell me about your experiences. I assume you would have continued your studies online with your teachers, but also recording an album during the pandemic. Yeah, I mean, I was thinking, like, how is this going to happen? When is this going to happen? But it was, you know, just kind of at the end of, I think, the second lockdown, maybe. I mean, things had kind of settled and the rules were lifting and we could kind of actually get together and be in the same room and record. So in terms of COVID, things were laying off, so it wasn't much of a problem. Before the recording, it was quite a lot of practice myself. It was during the summer, so I'd come home already from Germany. So I hadn't had much lessons beforehand. It was just online. But yeah, in in a sense, it kind of made me focus really, really immensely on this recording session, which was, you know, probably the biggest project of the year. So that was great. I had plenty of time to craft every piece the way I wanted to and mentally prepare myself. It's something I'd never done before recording it's very different to just sticking a camera you know the ones that you would do perhaps to send off to a competition for example and this is purely the sound so yeah there's there's just a lot to piece together when crafting the piece but yeah I mean I had all the time in the world so it was really 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 great yeah a luxury can you imagine if you're trying to put together a recording with lots of other performance engagements and the rest of your studies and everything going on at the same time yeah in terms of that I was very lucky yeah so you know you're lucky enough on this recording to play a Stradivari violin uh, which is super exciting can you tell us a little bit more about your experience playing that violin I you know tried a couple of um, strads here and there but not for this long period, you know, this was the first time I really took in a strad and explored it and see what I could do in terms of, you know, sound and colour and getting to know a violin intimately. Obviously, the idea of borrowing a strad kind of came quite last minute before the recording, so I did have it only for two weeks, but still that two weeks was like a dream. <laughs> the long was extremely kind, kindly learned by Beers uh, and the Beers International Violin Society, so... I'm extremely grateful to them. And yeah, I mean, the Strad is, just because it's an extremely well-known name doesn't mean the violin is just gonna instantly click with you. Each violin is very different. It has its own personality. So so yeah, it of course took a couple of days to figure out, you know, the little secrets, the little nooks and how it works. The journey it took me on was really interesting. It just kept me more sensitive I think sensitivity is so important when trying a new instrument. Um, you have to have an open mind. The violin suited really well with the menu and hall, which is where I did the recording. The Strad has such a fine quality to it. It's extremely sensitive. And I was really able to express a lot with the violin. So I'm really grateful, yeah. You speak about sensitivity. Did you find it quite easy to play at first or did you feel like you sort of needed to ease the gas a little bit. I wouldn't say it's the easiest, you know, it's it's kind of a little mystery. You have to figure things out. The sound just doesn't flow out as easily as, say, I don't know, I've often tried other violins that the sound will just instantly boom out. But this is more of, <laughs> yeah. it's kind of from the inside, you know, and then okay. once it goes, it's, it's, it's like a fluid river kind of flowing. That's really interesting, isn't it? Yeah, you do play some instruments. So I'm a cellist, but I, I've definitely tried some instruments where as soon as you put the bow on the string it's like 
zero to a hundred, you know, foot on the gas straight yeah. away. And you're like, oh, goodness. <laughs> and you just kind of have to like ease back a bit. But it's, it's just really interesting, I think, to have an instrument where you've got to just spend a bit of time, work out. And then once you've sort of clocked it, then it facilitates such a wide palette of, of sound and color. That's really, really cool. It's yeah, nice. hopefully I meet another Strad in the future. <laughs> It's lovely that you've got that time with the strads to have encapsulated in the recording. So it's, it's immortalized. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Coco, thank you so much for your time this evening and this morning, sharing your insights on being a young musician during COVID times and also telling us about your experience playing a wonderful strad instrument. So thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much. That was Coco Tomita. As mentioned earlier, the review of her album Origins appears in our March 2022 issue, which you can check out online. And right now you're listening to a bit of the first movement from Poulenc's Violin Sonata, which features on the album. And don't forget to head to our website, thestrad.com, to check out the latest news, articles and reviews on all things to do with string playing. And if you like what you see and hear, register and subscribe to access exclusive archival content from 2010 onward. We've got 50% off an online subscription for students, and if you're not sure you're ready to subscribe, take out a free trial for seven days, start reading right away with no strings attached. Also, if you happen to be on Apple Podcasts right now, give us a little review or rating. Thanks for listening and tune in again soon for another episode. Take good care. Bye.